Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with us Tamara Calder Richardson. She is the Southern Bell medium. She is a six-time near-death experiencer, a Christ channeler, and evidential psychic medium. She has had so many paranormal experiences, including alien encounters, fairies and gnomes, and spiritual communications, ancient prophecies, and much more. She is also the host of the Seeking Heaven show, where she appeals to the curious and to those who want proof that heaven exists, as well as other dimensions and life forms. And we are so excited to have her on. Thank you so much, Tamara, for joining us. I just love Southern Bell Medium because it's <laughs> catchy. It caught my attention. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Well, you know, I thought that my name was really long. What happened is I came out as, years ago as Tamara Calder because I still had an ad agency. And so Richardson, yeah. I didn't tie that in. And then as time went on, people tried to find me. So I added my last name. My husband's like, I don't care. And I was like, oh, this, uh, you know, cat's out of the bag. So, but it was too long to remember. <laughs> Southern Bell Medium is just kind of fun. And kind of kicky. And I just thought it would be easier to remember. Well, I mean, the the Jersey medium, like, I don't know her name. I know her as the New Jersey medium. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, Teresa Caputo. Yes. Yes. So yeah, it's catchy. Tamara, I've never met anyone that's had six near-death experiences. I mean, I've had two near-death experiences, physical, and then I had one in a past life regression. And Mm -hmm. so I say three, but six, I got to have you on my show. We can talk about your NDEs. (laughs) Just, you know, just to sum up my first near-death experience was in 1994 and I had an asthma attack. And when I woke up, I went to station six, the fire department to thank the man who saved me. His name was John Woodruff senior. And then 18 years later, it happened again. John Woodruff senior passed away of a heart attack about three years after he saved me. So 18 years later, same asthma attack. I go back to thank the fire station and it's station 13. So six and 13. And I find out the man who saved me was John Woodruff Jr., his son. Like, what are the odds of that? And I woke up out of my coma on 6, 13, 13. So John Woodruff Jr. and I become super good friends. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just beautiful synchronicities in numerology. And now about six months after I woke up out of my coma, I started getting messages for the first time in my entire life from John Woodruff Sr. to give to his son. And then that's how my mediumship started. Well, you know, the thing is your mediumship probably started even before you're in yeah. the 80s because you were, you were spirit, right? I think they pick the ones out they want to, but I think it's a soul agreement thing. That yeah. is well. The numbers plant things. So when you see 613, do you see yeah. that number a lot? Oh yeah. All the time. So that usually the- means you're on your path. You're on the right that. path. That's sort of like way to go kind of thing when you see it. 
that's why your story stuck out. Cause I'm like six, she died six times. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff happened in between then that it was really mm-hmm. cool, like cool in a supernatural cool way. So, yeah. and then you had another one that was similar to the asthma attack. The third one was actually in a past life regression that Shanna gave me totally different than the other two. The first one was an out of body experience. The second one was in my coma. My soul actually left my body. Oh, that's cool. So you really had like a, a in-between lives thing going on there. I've done about 375 hours of past life and I did one recently, I guess about three years ago with Dr. Linda Bachman, when she was coming through Charlotte and she studied with Michael Newton. I did the in-between lives thing just for, just for kicks. <laughs> and so, you know, I've seen a lot of past life on other planets and things that I've been, which is not human. And and uh, technologies that we don't have yet. And this one uh, went to where I was a reptilian trying to convince a planet I was in charge of uh, helping another planet that was starving and brotherly love. But because I was a reptilian in an <laughs> they didn't really think that was a great idea because they said, well, they'll get strong and they'll take us over. I'm like, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's just not gonna ever happen. And so, uh, yeah, I remember abilities, being able to control people with my mind and frighten them because I would show them what I was going to do, but then I could heal. I could see all my like concubines. They wanted to kill me. And I'm thinking, don't, you know, like psychically can hear that. <laughs> but, uh, but then when it went to further on, I saw that I was a celestial being and I was an angel. And then it's come up again in my DNA activation about a year and a half ago. And it came up, I thought I was getting a energy alignment, (laughs) but it was a DNA activation. Oopsie. And so it was a lady from South Africa, Fiona Van Rensburg, and we're going through it and she's going through, it was very relaxing. And I'm like, this is really great. And then I remembered, um, um, it just felt kind of key, even though I've run a lot of past life being a Syrian, uh, from Sirius a working with Christ and working with the Elohim and Aster, and I've been channeling Aster three years, but I had three more sessions after that. Uh, I've seen myself on different planets at the same time, but I physically gl- glowed in the, <laughs> which is kind of cool because I went, look, is it yeah. just me or am I glowing? And, and she's like, no, you're lighting the room up. It was a really pretty blue color, but it was like a blue light. But I think that's you know, we're all bioluminous. Uh, we're not really these bodies. So you'd be surprised how many people that are light workers that remember being from the celestial realm a lot. Absolutely. Well, and you know, we've forgotten. And so you think, you know, I wonder if some of the memories we have, I've seen so many things, is it, are they implants from another memory kind of like Blade Runner? Runner? I don't know if you remember that movie where Rachel had those fake, you know, the spider. Because when I ran past lives, it didn't have the effect, even though I've run a lot in different planet scenes, seen a lot of stuff, but uh, it didn't have the effect as that in between life and my agreement because Linda was going, where are you from? Who do you serve? And it was just really intense. Like the one, the one that is the one that always has been. I mean, it was just, so I think that's why I work tireless hours with very little pay. Because I feel such a need to help humanity, not because I'm a narcissist by any means, but I just feel like the time is now and I feel like that's just what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, everything works out, you know, my needs, all that. But 
I'm not the only one doing this, nor do I believe that you should be a martyr, you know, and have to sacrifice, although there's always a sacrifice, isn't it, in anything you do? But it just feels like that now is the time of the great convergence and people are coming together. And for the first time, we're trying to remember that we're, we're really beings of love. I always feel like there's like this, this word that goes along with the theme of the year or the theme of the time. And I would say awakening was like a theme. And now I agree with you. I feel like now it's a remembering. So we've awakened and now we begin to remember. And that's what I've been experiencing as well. I just said, actually, I, I just uploaded a episode for today. And I was telling Sol Luckman that for my whole life, I've seen scenes like movie scenes in my head that have never happened. I but now it. I'm thinking they absolutely did happen. So their memories for the past like year or so, I have scenes of creation and like remembering of like war and like of this very like dark earth. It's just a lot. I feel like we've been, first of all, lied to about our history. Not that I have right. all the answers, but collectively we just might. What I feel is that, <laughs> that, that we are in a, I think, first of all, what you were experiencing, you're talking about the war. I feel like there's different timelines. And I know that both of you are very, you know, intuitive and connected and, um, I feel like that, I don't know if you notice this, this is a question for you too. Do you, I feel it, but I don't know if you do. I feel like timelines are shifting. Remember mm -hmm. years ago, you would get something on psychic things, let's say, and you just knew it, right? And now you're like, well, I knew it last week, but it's already changed again. <laughs> Does that make sense? So interesting. I was just listening to somebody else talk about this who said, go out every day and write an X on the sidewalk and take a picture of every day and see what happens oh, because yeah. it might be there one day and then it might not be and may come back. And a lot of people are noticing things are there and then they're not there anymore. It's more than a Mandela effect. This brings me a lot of, mm -hmm. a lot of hope because I thought I was just losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. I bet a lot of people do. <laughs> well, there could be some of that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no, no. This, I, I totally agree with you. And you know, this is where we get to what is reality and you know, what is reality. But if we, Speak about, I remember, you know, on my podcast, Seeking Heaven, the near the channel, the near death experience of the phenomena, which I want you both on. My people would love you so much because there really are hardcore spiritual seekers. You know what I mean? They're into it. And like, whatever you say, they're like, you know, hanging on your words, which I know it's a big responsibility. And, you know, I just try to speak from my heart, encourage people to find their own answers and they don't have to always agree. Um, but getting back, um, I had a fellow on Ray Hernandez and he's in charge of the consciousness, what is it? The consciousness so-and-so foundation. He's a director anyway. Uh, he's written several books with other experts and so forth. I uh, say experts. Uh, there's just some big names attached to the foundation, but anyway, he talked about the holographic universe. And as he began talking about it, you know, once you hear a concept explained, then you can't unknow that concept, right? Once you know it, you're like, first I was like, oh, come on, really? We're pulling these experiences to us. And then the more I couldn't let go of that, and I went, it is the key what holds this matrix together. And so I've seen it actually happen in my life. Because if you throw the question out to the universe, you know, in your mind, whatever that is, like, really, come on, this is a bunch of hogwash. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get your answer. It's going to come in some form, whether it's 613 or 
where did you come from or something, or it could be a book. I have, I argue with my guides. They'll, I'll be on like Amazon looking at a book and they'll say, no, you need to look at sacred geometry. You need to go over here and I'll look at books and they'll go, not that one. (laughs) <laughs> not that one, this one over here, because they said, no, not a mathematician, unless they're spiritual. And no, the, some of it's like witchcraft or something. Said, so, no, 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 more like starseed. And they're showing me, you know, different things. But the holographic universe, I've seen it played out in my life, because after I had that DNA activation, so what is this? Then I had to come back for more. Um, a few weeks later, she said, oh, no, you got to wait. I don't know how long. She goes, no, I'm being told five weeks. I'm like, five weeks? And so what I did, I started seeing UFOs like big ones. And I started getting um, uh, communication. (laughs) So that's telling me I'm doing this, right? Because my whole life, I I mean, I've been interested in anywhere from unicorns to werewolves to spirit people to NDEs. I mean, you name it. You know, I mean, I don't like the dark side of stuff, but I am very inquisitive. But really, up now? You know, life, I'm going to see a freaking right all the time UFO. So I'm doing that in August uh, last year. And my husband were going from Charlotte, North Carolina to Asheville, which is really interesting because Stephen Greer, you know, he's so he's from Charlotte and this and he went to Asheville and saw on the way UFOs. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm found out later, you know, that I'm following this path. But so we're going and my husband, who's normal. He goes, look over there. And it's like 7 p.m. So it's kind of, you know, at this point, August, it's it's kind of dusk. It's not 100% dark. And he goes, look, like it's the most normal thing. And I go, okay. And I'm looking on his side and there's like four or five crafts. I mean, there's just no doubt that's what it is. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I see them all the time, you know, like I'm picking flowers. And I go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm." And he goes, but look at that one. He was normal about it too. And which kind of surprised me. I guess he's been around me too long. And so he goes, look at that. And it was a huge one beside my window. And it was red and it was fiery like a fireplace, like gases were coming off. It was huge, but I didn't have a normal reaction. Most people say, get your camera or your phone and take a picture. And it's not that I'm very quick with responses. You know, I'm a martial artist, very quick. That just was not on my mind. You know, I mean, that was just not in my mind. My mind was started talking to them <laughs> and I started telling them how this is just kind of nutty, but how much I love them. And I felt love coming from them. And I was so excited and I was happy. I felt like a reunion and I was depressed for a week because they didn't land. And I, I, like, I cannot believe I've turned into one of those people you hear, but it's not like, you know, I'm not one of those Star Trek people that go to the conventions, you know, I'm not that person. No, right. Star yeah. Trek's pretty cool. But yeah, this was so foreign. And so yeah. then afterwards, we went on vacation. It rained most of the time. So we come back. The day that we come back, I start, I have, to, I have to send them to you, but I started doing all these light codes, drawing them all. And now I can speak different light languages, which I spoke a couple before, but I had this lady on my show, Rhea Lovegard, and she's a galactic linguist. I'm like, how'd you get that title? And I love that. Galactic. I know, isn't that funny? What a title. I always like unusual titles. It's a good Freaking one. Awesome. <laughs> galactic linguist, put that on a business card. Anyhow, she did some different ones. She said one of them Syrian. It took a while, I had to research, like, what are these things I'm drawing? And they were from Sirius. I didn't know that. And so she said, one of my languages was serious. One is Atlantean. I remember being a priestess and another one was Elohim. 
So I'm like, well, so they're evidential because I'm an evidential medium. So I'm getting the stuff back. It's kind of evidential. And then they started showing up on my computer when I would do interviews and they would start giving me like a Morse code. And they, it would sound like kind of like this. It would go. Sounds like scalar energy. Scalar energy is put into the machine that like Tesla had created that's oh, what it's okay, okay you're freaking me out shanna like the russian machine tesla no, is coming to me all the time in my dreams and i'm like tesla is that you it's not like a, a like flunk science but it was doing something wonky it's also come through and messed up the film it came through the other day when i did an interview with washayla sananda who's a galactic shaman which is even also another cool Ooh, name we need to come up with better titles right yeah, we um, do. Think big, think big. You know, I, I'm, I like the Galactic Federation ambassador for, on, the, on the Syrian Angelic Council. I like that much better than Evidential Medium. It's just a bigger title. <laughs> you know, it's weird coming out on these different levels. What I'm noticing secretly, the other people like me are also ascending. So they're going uh, secretly. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of more than just, you know, psychic or medium too, by the way, I'm also getting. So I think that it's kind of reassuring to people to, you know, somebody's got to come out first, right? It's got to be somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the next person and then it's the next person. Yeah. And so uh, I think we've been lied to about our history where it is not what we think it is. And I think they're traps here and they're modules. They're, they're like a pattern, you know, uh, years ago I, in school, junior high, they taught home act. They don't do that anymore, but which I really like, because like I got to learn how to use a sewing machine, which I still have my clothes. Um, right. saves a lot of money, but but it's a pattern. You know what I mean? It follows a pattern and I'm not poo-pooing all of religion. If it helps people, fantastic. But it's also a trap too. It keeps you confined and not asking questions. I don't think that's why we're here. We're here to ask questions. We're not here to be slaves to a model that's put forth that we have to follow like a template. And you know, this is the thing. I, I don't have a button. I think I'm pretty awesome. So I don't care if someone else is awesome because everybody's so different. So well, I like what you said. I mean, maybe collectively we'll figure it out, right? <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I don't have all the answers. I have some and some of them I'm going, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Because okay. we, we you have to be in a place of neutrality to be able to really get information. And me yeah. as a channeler, first of all, I passed that whole people from like, oh, aren't you worried about dark things? Look, I've done. 21 demonic deliverances. I know what dark stuff is. It's very unpleasant. <laughs> it's horrible. I've seen things. So when you're working with divine love, it has a beautiful frequency. So am I in a yeah. state of fear? No, I'm kind of like in a state of bliss. You know, I work with Christ. I saw him over there and he, he brings me people, St. Ignatius, Mother Mary. He's brought me George Harrison. He's brought me Tesla, Einstein. Uh, there was a client I had, uh, Mark Ferentino, and he, I guess it was about four years ago, he's from Florida and I didn't know him. And he actually got, he got in touch with me, with me accidentally because the person he used to go to, he couldn't find. And he wanted to ask me about a bat, if he had a, a disease from a bat that bit him. So I ended up reading him. His wife was beside of him. So I was getting all this information, but it was for her, but I couldn't see her because she was off camera. And so then at the end, I was like, I started Kind of have an argument with myself. I was like, no, well, it was with them. My guys are like, no, I'm not going to do this. No, this is crazy. I'm not doing it. So I didn't know anything about this man. And I said, okay, I'll do it. I said, Einstein's here. And the guy started crying. Okay. And I was like, you want me to do this? And he said, please. And I was like, okay. 
And he talked about the probability of chickens as a boy. Well, he looked it up in Italy. He used to do that. Like which eggs would be uh, the brown eggs versus the white eggs and all of this, whatever. So he ended up giving Mark a formula, which was the acceleration formula he was looking for. What I didn't know was he was finishing a book and it was Einstein's work on relativity. And so I guess it was two and a half years ago, he came in Florida when I was doing a show for a women's expo in uh, Jacksonville, Florida at the convention center, he brought his wife and gave her some shopping money. And then he had three or four pages of type, very small questions for me. Kind of, it was intimidating because it was science stuff. And I went, uh, you know, it's loud. Women are shopping. I mean, it's not quiet at all. And I went, Hmm, I tell you what, why don't you just sit there, wake me up at this time, (laughs) wake me up in one hour, go into a trance real quick. He's like, okay. After the first question, I don't remember what I told him, but apparently I told him how stars were formed and how to build a stargate. So he put that in his book in his last chapter. So I'm getting all this stuff that, you know, and Tesla told me, he said, I'm from Sirius too. And he's really, really into this free energy. He's not stopping with this. Like he really was like that in life. And he said they wanted to pay him off to shut him up. And he said he wouldn't do it. And so he, he died of pulper, but when he was younger, he must've been charming because he comes through slightly flirty. He's definitely romantic. He, he had love for a dove. I mean, just, I just discovered that not too long ago when a dove had died right in front of me on my porch, the dove's been very symbolic in my journey. And so, and to me, even though she's usually a sign of the Holy Spirit, to me, she was a sign of Sophia. And so when that happened, I was disturbed. And I thought about J.J. Hertog's book, The Keys of Enoch. And in that book, there is a page called Return of the Dove. So I put in Return of the Dove. And there was a book by this woman named Margaret Storm, who she wrote about Tesla. It's like his biography. The beginning of the book is really very similar to like the initiates claimed by like Manly P. Hall and like about ancient like mystery school stuff. But then she starts talking about the dove and talking about Tesla. And it's Tesla actually said that he had love for the dove like a man had for a woman and she died. And it was so sad. I just like had this deep sadness for him. He was very lonely. He was a lonely person. Who could he trust? Well, yeah, I know Margaret Storm, who wrote the book, went missing. Mm. No one ever heard from her again. She was supposed to have a second volume following it. She says this in the last sentence. It was going to be called Flame of the Dove. She went completely ghost. No one knows what happened to her. Someone bought all of her books, took them off the shelf. The book that I have is a Xerox copy of a book. No. It's so insane. And the only thing you'll find if you look her up is an FBI declassified report. Yeah, but here's the thing. Tesla's not just talking to me. He's talking to other people like me, right? So they can't get us all. Well, our listeners already know this story, but I was in the shower a few years ago and I was asking for my guide's name. And I had gotten in a dream uh, the, the name Culver. And so when I was in the shower... Um, I had been in my mind spelling it like C-O-L-V-E-R, but I was in the shower and I put my finger on the fog and it just like my finger just drew C-U-L-V-E-R and I looked it up and it means freaking dove. And so like Shanna and I have each other to bounce all this shit off of each other, but it all, it's so crazy how it Wait all- Wait a minute. Just- Gosh, both of you are complex, man. You're, this is so exciting, isn't it? To be waking up to realize we thought we were, I'm just going to speak for myself. Okay. I'm not going to put this on you. 
I thought I was different. Okay. Really early on. But um, as my mom said, I have to echo what she said recently, literally like two months ago. She goes, you know, honey, I always thought you were really different, but till you had your YouTube channel, I didn't really realize how different you were. (laughs) (laughs) I have starseed stuff on there, galactic linguist. And I was like, you know, people doing, you know, I'm thinking, dear God, mom, please don't look at my channel. (laughs) I wanted to step back for a moment and tell you that when things shifted for me, it was after my second near-death experience. I believe that this dimension went into, there was a frequency that touched my soul that I came back with and I was forever changed. My senses were extremely heightened. I didn't like the same music anymore. I didn't like the sounds, the same sounds anymore. I didn't like the same people anymore. Shannon and I both were experiencing so many physical things that they told us we both had fibromyalgia. Now she didn't have a near death experience, but she had a lot of trauma in a short amount of time, a lot of death. So it's very interesting because that noise that you described was exactly, and I still hear it all the time. Now, let me ask you both. Do you get, I, I do, and a lot of people I talk to do, I get messages. It's so much easier just to hear them now. I used to be, I mean, I can do all the clairs, but it's just easier to hear, but I will hear messages from my right ear. It's not all the time. And other times I've heard angelic music, but it's my right ear. We had Eben Alexander and he talks a lot about that angelic music he heard in his near-death experience. And then we also had on David Ditchfield, who also, yeah, came out and wrote like a symphony about the music to describe his near-death experience. With the dove Uh, in the middle, the dove flew in the middle, in the middle of the song. Yeah, I did a uh, music night with him. I did had a story and then had were music and art night. And he was at the symphony. They played it for him. How it just kind of came together. And then a dove toward the end emerges from this beautiful old cathedral and comes in where the sunlight's coming in and a dove in the middle of the song. I mean, this is his story. He's so humble. He had no talent. He wished he had had talent, but he came back painting like a freaking Rembrandt person, like the level and the music is amazing. But a dove came in which was, I think it's symbolic to me. I think it can mean multiple things, but for divinity and for unconditional love and peace and that divine bliss. And I think it's just that place we all want to achieve to be. We have moments of it. Can you imagine when I had to watch one die on my doorstep? I would be crying. I would be trying to heal it back. I mean, what the fuck? I was like, is this like really happening? The whole story about Tesla, learning that like a week later, the chapter's called Farewell to the Dove. I mean, maybe it was just a fluke. But you know, if I say that about the bad things, then it kind of trumps all the good things that I say were synchronistic. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I think that isn't that, I mean, I think that's kind of a thing for people that are givers. Is there people in this world that are takers and they don't see the beauty and things or people that are gentle spirited? And I think that there was humility in that, you know, to see something so gentle destroyed. And one of my NDEs when I was three, I had a nail go through my head on the nail head end. I was playing, oh it was under a dresser and we we're playing hide and seek. I was jumping up and down and it was a big antebellum old two-story house. But there was an L underneath. I'm jumping and it went through my head and I felt, I thought it was water or like a cup. I couldn't think what it was. And it was blood. 
and I passed out. And so I had a hole in my head two years because they can't stitch that up. It goes through your skull. I mean, they got to leave it there like a little baby. From there, definitely started seeing spirit people by location, uh, astral traveled a lot after that and so forth. But one of the things that happened is that I was told I had to go back and my angel had hands over my head and I think was healing me. And I could see outside, inside different rooms all at the same time. I heard what everybody was saying and it was okay till I got back in my body and it hurt really bad. Hey listeners, have you checked out intentionwave.com where you can transform the sound of your voice into a meaningful jewelry piece. When you visit their online store, you can record a voice directly on their website and transform it into a unique sound wave frequency pattern and engrave it on the jewelry piece of your choice. You will also receive a unique QR code that you can scan whenever you want to listen to your special recorded sound message. This is a perfect gift for Christmas for your loved one. So get online right now and order your special piece. Go to intentionwave.com. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-W-A-V-E.com to order your special and unique gift that will last forever. Uh, But when I was four, I was in a car wreck and it was snowing. It was bad in my Mom was dating this guy and he was a DJ and he was a player. 70s outfit on, you know, the curly hair. It's like Ron Burgundy, you know, all over again. And he, she had to have this man, I guess in Hickory, he was the best thing going. <laughs> but my grandparents instantly didn't like him, which says a lot, you know. And so they just saw kind of right through, okay, this guy's a player. And so we were supposed to go on this day date and I was supposed to meet him. She really wanted this to work out. And so it was snowing and icy and all of that. My grandmother did not want us to go. So he pulls up to get us and we were kind of on the second floor. So we had to come down. We had my grandparents in this big house and the back had steps. Now I think back on it, I'm thinking he didn't get out of his car to go up to the door. I'm thinking that's tacky. Now I think back on it, you know, grown woman. So he's waiting in the car. So we're coming down and then we go out to eat. Pizza Hut. I remember it kind of looked like a little A-frame. And then we went to go eat Baskin Robbins. <laughs> There's not a lot to do in Hickory. It's cold, like who wants ice cream? But we did that, I guess, because he thought I was a kid. And then afterwards we went to his radio station. They got in an argument leaving. They were there about an hour and a half leaving because she wanted to get married. He didn't. He said, we need more money. And so when we got in the car, he showed his ass and he sped up and put on the brakes. The car went in a circle and hit a tree. So he did that. And I didn't have a car seat. So I'm sitting in this long Pontiac seat, this gold Pontiac. And I go through the windshield and I go through what I I couldn't find my body. It was pretty instant. I didn't feel any pain, but I didn't see where my body was. It was kind of confusing. (laughs) Where'd it go? And, uh, and I was just there. It was the blackest black and I was just there. And then I saw, felt the sensation of a tunnel, which to me, I feel it's a portal, which were all portals. Uh, we say, keep your portal clean and it's okay. <laughs> so then I saw Jesus coming toward the, me in the back, kind of like a, a rock video. He has hair blowing back. And I had the sense that family was behind him, even though I'd never met him, but I had the sense they were. But interesting about birds, it was a few months before there was a egg. Uh, I thought it was a ball that was outside of um, 
it was outside and I was going to throw it. And I thought it was at fall. Well, when I was a kid, you know, when I threw it down, it broke up and it was a bird. It broke my heart because I would never want to kill it. And it couldn't, it was obsessed with the horror, you know, for the longest time about the bird because I'm a big animal lover, you know, and so it was just awful. So in my NDE behind, it was a person that I supposedly knew, but I don't know them, but they held up the bird and they said, don't worry, we got your bird, your bird's okay. <laughs> and that might not have seemed like a lot, but it meant the world to me. I because, love that. because, you know, I love animals and that just broke my heart. I had no idea. And I felt so foolish and stupid and horrible and I was just punishing myself. Did you find your body and how were your mom and Ron Burgundy? Oh, so I come back eventually because he said, you have to go back. And, I, and <clears throat> at this point, I wasn't sure I wanted to. And he said, you can't. He said, he said that I had to go back. He was stern. He said, you can and you will, but I'll always be with you. And then I was back. Like when he spoke it, I was back. And when I came back, I was not in my body, but around my body. And at this point, my, he later became my stepdad, who was my abuser. And he had some guys with, on the driver's side, his wheel had kind of wrapped around the trees. So they're pulling it out with chains. And I could see that. And I could see my mom was crying and she was holding me. But then I could also see that thing that David Ditchfield drew that had like, a, it was a God creation portal. I saw it. He's the only one that's drawn it. That's what I saw. It looked like a rip in time and it had fire around it. And I had Tony Woody on his end of year. You should get him on. He does the I am series, which I've done too, which will get you really high. It, it, it makes me, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it didn't seem like much, but it really, it will really send you places. I mean, it's some deep God stuff, but he's seen it too with the, and it was a rip. And then I saw my angel, which I always knew was Uriel. It was orange and yellow colored beside that. And then I saw a cross where it was, you know, cold, icy snow. There was a park, but what I saw, the park was alive and they had a native American couple cooking fish over a fire. She held a baby. And then I saw, it looked like a Gibson girl and a guy walking with a baby carriage, old timey, like the 1800s through the park. And then I saw a hot air balloon above that. So was I looking into different time periods in the past? Was it happening now, mm. but I'm looking at it or then what is time, you know? So, and then behind me, there was a fire uh, station, an old fire station. It was still functional, but they would have had more modern gear. But I saw a, a bunch of firemen that were dressed in old timey uh, fireman outfits. And then I saw uh, people that were from different time periods from the twenties, thirties, forties. And then a lady peered her head in the window on the driver's side and said, hi, <laughs> I'm Judith Hefner. Your grandmother shops at my mom's jewelry store. <laughs> it's, this is crazy. And then I looked in the back seat and there was a woman said, oh, I'm Catherine. And then there was another woman. And I think she was like a great aunt. But anyway, found out later, Catherine, my grandmother had, um, I mean, it's years later, found out she had a sister that died when she was a child, I think TB. And so ever since then, I was talking to spirit people constantly. And they said, you're there was this whispering and they said, you're the one that's carrying our voices. You're the one, she's the one, she's the one that carrying the voices. So um, I didn't really think it was a really terrific gift at the time, but, and then they go back to the radio station and my mom, which my grandparents had money and they lived just a mile down the street. 
she took me back to his yucky trailer and that's where we lived. We didn't go back. It was horrifying. And then fine. And then the sexual abuse started, which was real creepy pervert stuff. Like, Oh, one day you're going to have breasts. You want to see what they look like? It was more creepy stuff. And then it started from there. And so I saw this little commercial when I was a kid and it was black and white and it was about sausage. And it was like Valley Dale sausage, Valley mm, 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 Dale, little cartoons, little pigs, little bears. So I visualized they were my friends. So at night I'd ask them to take me out of there and to help me. So when I got up, I couldn't deal with this anymore. I didn't have the words to describe things because I was so small. So I didn't have to even use a telephone because I'm four, but they showed me how, told me the number of my grandparents. I told them 20 some minutes away how to get there turn by turn. So it's pretty cool, huh? You told <laughs> your grandparents what was happening? Well, my guides told me that and they told me how to get there. I mean, what kid knows 20 minutes away, turn by turn streets, but yeah. I would tell them like locations, like, no, the building looks like this, but I was really remote viewing. That's and did was- they come get you? And take you it, it shocked the hell out of my mom. Yeah. Because she basically ran off and with me when my grandmother was taking care of me. And so she showed up, shocked the hell out of them. They wanted to get me legally, but they went back and forth, talked to attorneys and they said, it's going to be difficult unless you prove some kind of abuse or so forth. So then we ended up moving away from them, which was absolutely horrible because that was my protectors. And so we moved three hours away to Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's when the abuse really started. It was so bad. It was so bad. And my mom. So your mom stayed with Ron Burgundy? <laughs> yeah. His name was Ray, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For like 16 years. And so I'm trying to hide under the bed. I get pulled out. I'm trying to hide in the closet. I'm trying to stab him with coat hangers. I mean, it's just awful, but I'm five years old. You know, I'm a little person. And so. I finally had to talk with God. I would talk to God. I talked to Jesus too, because grandmother said he's our friend and he was a, he was a good friend. Uh, he still is. Anyway, he, I talked to him and I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, well, why don't you kill him? Which I didn't know killing was bad. And then I started getting that feeling like, oh, maybe that's bad, you know? And then I went, oh, it doesn't matter. You can just take me. So God hears when you're serious about that. You got to be careful. And so, um, I got strep throat. It went into pneumonia. It was the night Martin Luther King was assassinated and it just kept getting worse. My fever was 103.9. Uh, he refused mom's like, we got to take her to the hospital. Cause they didn't have emergency places back then. And he's like, no, we don't have the money, which is ridiculous. My grandparents had the money, but he was just being a jerk. So it got worse. So she put me to bed within an hour, I completely saturated my clothes in the bed. So she were taking her now. So he had a uh, radio car, you know, with emblem and all that. So we, you're not supposed to leave because it had curfew. They have military there. They had MPs, they had a national guard. So we get in the car, we go to, they had guard stations. You couldn't travel on the road. There was nobody. If you did travel, you could be arrested as we're going on this highway, I could see the fires in the distance because I became exterior and I was above the car and I could see the fires and the riots. And it was about 10, 30, 11, the curfew was 10. And so, um, I would go back and into the car. And at one point I had just died. I was 15 minutes dead on arrival. And my mom was cussing (laughs) Ray Burgundy. 
she was cussing him pretty hard. You know, you killed my daughter. 15 minutes dead on arrival. Yeah. And I remember clocking all this in it and two doctors were there. They, so we went to another gate. We went to about four gates and the first one we told, so he told the others ahead. So they called the hospital and I remember it was called Rex hospital because the dinosaurs and I like dinosaurs. And so we get there and they're ready for me. There's, um, about eight people that run out and get me. But then when I go inside, there's a, there's quite a bit, there was two doctors. There were, there was one male nurse and the uh, rest, um, cause there were, uh, six nurses. There was two that floated in and out, but they're basically six. And then the rest were women. And they started pulling this goop out of my lungs and started saying code blue and all this stuff. And so I was on and off dead for two hours and, uh, which is why I lost my filters. I mean, duh, no wonder I can talk to the Galactic Federation. I was all spirit. I mean, come on. That's what we all are. You can't go back to what you had. You changed your energy field. You were gone. One of the doctors kept telling my mom, we're trying to get her vitals. She didn't know what that meant. She's like, okay. <laughs> and so I was watching what they were doing, but then I became interested with the people in the hospital. I'm zooming around like a, like so fast. It was so much fun. And then I saw a little girl in a brownie outfit. She was this African-American. She had a little brownie outfit on and she could see me. I was at the candy machine. She was getting candy and she could see me. I mean, I talked to her. I'm zooming around. I go check on my body. And eventually I see them cover me with the sheet. And there were two people there, but they were spirit people. But I knew them to be Catholic, even though I wasn't Catholic or group Catholic because they had the rosaries in their hand. And it was a woman and a man and they had on like the nun outfit, the priest outfit with the kind of, kind of funny hat, not the high one, but a lower one and said, blessed are the innocent. And as soon as they said that, I saw someone touching my hand on the right side and I was in this beautiful pasture and it was Jesus. And he was kneeling and he was smiling. The most beautiful smile you've ever seen. He had this light emanating from him and he had really, really great teeth. And I don't know why they don't ever show his teeth because he had really straight teeth (laughs) and he's beautiful. He was so beautiful. And he just looks like a model, but he had this light glowing that came out of him. And he said that I had to go back and he took off something on his belt, like a rope belt. It was simple. And he wrapped around my left wrist and he goes, much is given, much will give through the big things, small things will be done. And through the small things, um, bigger things will be acknowledged. So he told me that I begged to stay like really begged hard. And I saw children playing on like a roundabout. And I said, well, they're here. Can I stay here? And he's like, no, he thought that was funny because I was trying to re-angle. I was like, they're here. Come on. And he's like, no, he said, you can stay a little bit longer and ask me questions. Although it was three days that I was in a coma in a plastic breathing thing because my lungs had collapsed. Um, actually, no one told me. I actually remembered. I did some regression. I remembered it, it was like pages of stuff. <laughs> So much. And I actually approached my mom a couple of years ago and she was shocked. I knew she really didn't want to talk about it. I was like, well, it's okay. I'm here. Don't worry about it. But uh, bonus get to hang out with Jesus. So, you know, it's all good, but he taught me things. He taught me about manifestation and to be careful with the words that we speak, because as we speak them, they start to manifest and create, which is the holographic universe. And he also said that, um, words are things, they're constructs, they're not just words. And to be mindful of that and to make sure that you say kind things coming out. And then he showed me how they manifest. He's there quicker, things manifest quicker in heaven. I said, can you show me? So he said, sure. So 
I thought in my head, he said, just think of something. So I thought in my head and being in a little boat with him. So we were in a little boat and three little fish came up and then he picked one up, said, hey, to it, put it back down and smiled and said, this is how we fish here. You know, he answered a lot of things. And then we walked around in this beautiful field with the grass was so soft. The every blade, every flower, every petal. And there was a tree. It was so big and magnificent. It had, it looked like a kind of a cross between cherry blossoms and a dogwood. And then it had little red grapes. He said, we don't eat from this tree. And I was thinking, okay, wouldn't plan to eat from it, but I was like, okay. And he answered things. It was beautiful, but the clouds, everything followed him wherever we walked. And we sat on this rock and I was able to ask him a lot of things, but honestly, I think I was there a long time. I don't think my three days was three days there. I think it was a lot longer. And I get parts of what he told me that, that come out. But one of the things that I, <laughs> I came across something that's 30 years ago, and I didn't use the word channeling back then, but I had a channel message from him. I've been doing this a while, but it's taken me a while to kind of get past the whole religious aspect. You know, I mean, cause it's, and, and say the word, you know, it's channeling. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I'm like channeling. He's telling me stuff. I'm hearing it. I'm writing it down. He even corrects me when it's not right. So I didn't expect him to connect me with a bunch of other people, but there are realities and realms that we were not even separate. It's not even separate from us. It's in our consciousness. If we allow it, it's actually part of us. And so our consciousness is the thing that goes on forever that we're still thinking uh, during all of our NDEs. So, uh, and I also believe this life we have now is I really do feel like as time goes on, it's more like the matrix. Uh, one of my other NDEs, when I was in my early thirties, I took a pill, a prescription for menstrual migraines. Didn't work out, had a reaction, woke up, couldn't talk, couldn't move, but somehow I propelled my body upward and went in the living room, turning the TV, hoping if I listened to the TV, I could have consciousness. And then I began to hear this white noise. I'm like, oh, God, this isn't good. And then I didn't know who I was, what my name was, if I was male or female. And then I started seeing the living room, everything break down into white lines, which later on I find out as part of one of the Monroe Institute's levels. Someone told me, I'm like, who knew? So it started going and turning into white lines. And then I was out in the galaxy. And then I started I go, I went toward a nebula. I love nebulas. I don't know why I'm obsessed with nebulas. No idea. But so I went there and I was also in the room. So I poked my right index finger. I poked it in my leg till I came back. Um, but I was in both places by location again. But I think anytime you have Kundalini near-death experience out of body, it shifts your consciousness to help you remember that we're more than this thing. I mean, why are we, we're probably controlling multiple bodies on different timelines and different planets at the same time we're here. I mean, we have been lied to. This world is a lot bigger, but to keep people from asking questions, they trap you with religion. Now I say that I'm about the biggest fan. I love Jesus so much, it's not even funny. And I'm a big fan of God. Actually, I work for him. So <laughs> with all that said, I mean, I'm not trying to be a heretic. I actually love God. But this man-made construct is meant to control us. And we need to break out of the box and break out of the mold. And as long as we have God and love around us, we shouldn't have the fear. And we should ask questions. And we should have you know, podcasts like yours. And 
and we need to love each other and quit labeling ourselves and stopping ourselves. Unless you have a really cool label like Galactic Shaman or something. <laughs> oh my God. I freaking <laughs> love you. I kept chuckling a little bit because I'm like, I love how nonchalant you are. You're like, yeah. And you know, you know, just hanging out. Jesus just bonus. <laughs> No, he's awesome. He is. He's so, I mean, he's love. Yeah. First of all, it's, it's hilarious because when I wrote about my near death experience, I, and I drew a picture of him, he was so hot. He was so beautiful. He was so, I tell everyone he was chiseled. Okay. Tell me what he looked like to you. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Well, he had his back to me (gasps) and I think because he knew if I saw him, I wouldn't want to go home. (laughs) <laughs> and I was talking to my brother at the time who passed away. So uh, he was stood with his back to me. He was carrying a, the staff. And I, and let me tell you, I didn't even know it was called a staff. I grew up knowing nothing about Jesus, nothing about religion. So mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the hell a staff was. And he was tan and chiseled and his mm-hmm. muscles were defined and his hair was just so flowy. And his, that white energy that you talk about. Um, it's him. Yeah. And he had so, muscles. He was like boff. He was like thin, right. but boff. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm going to show you, I'm going to send you a picture that I drew of him because my daughter, my young one always laughs because she's like, oh my gosh, why did you draw a picture of him? Why is his butt so muscular? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mandy, that is okay. I thought I was being bad. Okay. Let me tell you so you don't feel so bad. This is so funny. So I bought about a year ago, my husband, I just kept talking about how beautiful Jesus was. I saw him June 18th, 2018 in person, in person. (gasps) That's what he looked like to me. That's what he looked like. Except he was a little golden tan, but he had that light emanating. That is beautiful. Do you did that? Shanna does great art. Oh my gosh. That is so good. Really handsome. My gosh, that's exactly what he looked like. He had the most beautiful. He had like brown hair, but with gold streaks through it. Like he's been out in the sun, like he's really healthy. And then he had golden skin. Like he, he had a tan, but it had a gold tint to it. Do you know what's interesting is that when I woke up out of my coma, there were only certain people in the room. Well, I, so I had an angel with me too. And she, but she was an Asian girl with a long Navy blue dress on. She, Mm. she grabbed, she held my hand and brought me back down to my body and stayed with me in the hospital for a week. Um, and she also was in the hallways with me, but she, uh, there were, there were humans like Shanna, um, and a certain nurse who I named my daughter after. Um, and you know, I don't want to say who and who wasn't because I don't want like my family to overthink it, but there were certain people that had that same, um, light and beauty that Jesus had. Um, it was like their skin was so flawless and clear. Um, their, their energy was coming out of them. It was like, they were the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And Shanna, I remember leaning over the bed and, and I just remember when her face kind of got close to me finally, and she was leaning over me. She had that too. Wow. I mean, yeah. this, it is that light. It's, you know, it's um, like I said, I saw him in person and it was really weird. And I have question marks. Why? I don't really know why I don't, I wasn't thinking of him. Uh, but it was June 18th, 2018. And my husband and I were going, it was um, summer. So, I mean, it didn't get dark till what nine. So it was like six 15. We're, we're going downtown Charlotte. We're trying to find a parking place, which is really hard because it's got a lot of one ways. So he's looking on the driver's side. I'm looking on the right. We're trying to find a parking lot. That's not too expensive. And uh, some are like 25, some are 10. So we're looking, I'm not thinking about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm just, we're trying to get to the place on time. But I yeah. remember today, it was, you know, how your soul must know things, our consciousness, it hasn't been formed yet. So I yeah. had the sundress that was long and it had God mandalas all over it. Kind of cool, huh? And so yeah. all of a sudden, out of the blue, like Tourette's, like a crazy person, <laughs> I yell out. I have no idea why. It wasn't like anything that did that. I just, my soul knew. I screamed out my Lord, out of the blue. And then it's just like, I was quickened at that point. And I looked in really far in the distance. I saw a little teeny figure and I was going, no way. It can't be like, I knew I felt it before it was way in the distance. As we got closer, I'm going through it. I'm going crazy. I went through that one. I'm going crazy. I really need more rest. <laughs> I've lost my mind <laughs> and I'm going through all everything you could think of. Okay. This is stupid. This can't happen. Okay. So I'm going, doing all this stuff and I'm getting, as I'm getting closer, I see him now. So he had on the same thing he had on for Sharon Milliman. You got to have her on if you have it in the end of year, the same outfit he had on. It looked really clean. Like it was just pressed, but he had on a, uh, it was like a little hoodie, a hood thing. It was uh, cotton linen, white, uh, maybe slightly off white. And it had uh, pockets, but it was to his thigh. It wasn't all the way down long. He had on pants that were a khaki brown green. He had matching shoes, not Jesus shoes, not Birkenstocks. He had on two straps. His feet looked so good. Men's feet don't look that good generally. <laughs> they look like little cavemen feet. His feet look good. I mean, his feet were pretty. <laughs> I mean, he's all manicured, little toes. I mean, they look like great feet. And I could see the grass wrap around the feet. So I'm thinking this, he's not see-through, he's solid. So I'm thinking, this is obviously a person that looks like Jesus. I'm losing my mind. I think some metrosexual hippie is hot. I need to get over this. This is ridiculous. I really need to God, get a grip on you. reality. So I'm going through all this stuff <laughs> and I'm looking for jewelry. I'm looking for marks, right? The things that you would do. And as we get closer. Now I'm really on top of him because he's in the middle of the, the medium and the grass. Right. And to think about it, is that not spiritual? A meaning he wasn't on the left. He wasn't on the right. He's in the middle. Isn't that kind of right. He could have been anywhere. Why didn't he show up in my bedroom? No, he's going to show up publicly in broad daylight. So as we get closer to him and I'm looking at him, his hair was a little, uh, he, it was long. It was quite long. And he was so manicured, like his little mustache and stuff was perfect. Yeah. He looked like he, how do I say this? He looked like a model. Like he just had his hair fixed because it was really bouncy. And yes. he had muscles. He had no markings anywhere. He had no jewelry. And as I got closer to him, now I'm over my husband's, I'm over the seat looking over the window. Like, I don't care. I'm going to gawk. I don't care. I'm like, and I look at his face and most people would have looked at you like you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Or started laughing. Because my ass is up in the air. I have a long dress on, so it's all good. But I'm like really contorting, looking at him behind the seat. And as I'm looking at his face, all I can say, and I don't understand it, he had the face of purity. And I, I don't see that. I don't say that. I may be a baby, maybe a puppy, but I don't see that. I mean, purity. I mean, maybe that dove, but his face looked like that. And, I'm, and then I wonder like why he came to me like that. I mean, I, maybe just because he loves us so much. He, he just wanted to know maybe because 
you know, I do spend a lot of hours like you do <laughs> constantly trying to help people and do stuff. So maybe that support, I don't really know, but he had the face of purity and um, maybe that's something to work toward and it's not what you do. It's a state of mind. Um, but he was absolutely beautiful. So after that, to kind of lighten things up after that, I was like, oh my God, I just can't even believe it. So I thought, this is crazy. I don't know what that was. So at the time I'm running, you're going to love this because I'm evidential, right? So I need this. <laughs> they know I need this. So I'm running the International Association of Near-Death Studies, Charlotte Chapter, did it five years. And a lady and her friends show up. I'd never met them. They came about an hour away, drove in. Okay. Very nice. We had a luncheon. Uh, after we had it at, at the time we had it at a restaurant, Red Rock. So they were at this restaurant with us and the taller lady who was kind of quiet. One of the guys there said, Hey, you know, what's her name? I don't even remember her name. I said, you know, she has a Jesus site. She really loves Jesus. This is it. Oh, and I asked her, she goes, Oh, I'm kind of private about it. I was like, okay. She said, can you come with me to the coat area? I want to hang my coat up. Can you show me? I was like, okay. So we leave the little room showing her where people hang their coats. And again, we're still at this restaurant. And she said, Jesus came to me. She goes, she could tell she's shy and she kind of had a nunly thing going on, which I don't have a nunny thing going on, <laughs> but she did. And she, there was just a way about her. And she said, um, I had this vision and there was a woman who was very excited and crying and Jesus was in the middle of the road and he presented himself to her and you were that woman. Right. And I went, I was shocked. I went, and you were euphoric. And I went, yeah, that was me. And, and, and I wow. said, <laughs> wow. He said, I came to tell you it was real. Mm. He wanted me to tell you. She came back one more time and she says, Jesus wanted me to give this to you. You could tell she was shy. She wasn't very comfortable meeting people. And she gave me these bag of religious relics. Well, she goes, I don't know why I'm supposed to give this to you. <laughs> And I said, I do, because when I did these, you know, Southern women shows at conferences, I had people just show up and start crying. And I would say, honey, are you okay? And they said, well, I'm being attacked. It's always something weird, you know? And then, so I would give them holy water or I would pray with them and I would help remove things and I would want to give them something. Right. So these were all blessed, like mother Mary or Jesus or angel cards or things. So I gave them these things. I knew what it was because they wanted to feel like they could put it under their pillow at night and they could rest and all would be well. And so, but this is the kind of love he has for everybody. But after that was funny, I saw online on Amazon a Jesus long tunic and the sandals. So I bought it for my husband for July for his birthday. And he opened it and he just looked at me. He goes, I'll wear this if you want me to, but you know, you're dressing me like Jesus. <laughs> So you had described, I have to ask that pill that you took for your menstrual cramps or whatnot. So did you actually die from that to have that near death experience from that too? That was the one that I was older. That was the one that I was, it was a really altered state. I mean, I was dying, I okay. knew I was, but I didn't care the other two. So, um, uh, the prenatal, so my mom, not quite making me bleeding. That was the first one. Th uh, three years old was the, the nail on the nail head and going through my head, playing hide and seek. Four was the car going through the windshield. Five was the um, pneumonia, my lumps, lungs collapsing and being dead 15 minutes in arrival. And 
and off dead two hours. <laughs> that don't get rid of your other etheric bodies wow. and, your, and your filters. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that, that'll do it. Then when I was 10, I had a drowning and I was at a in Myrtle Beach with my family having a vacation. And I was under some boys playing volleyball and I was being a little pervert because they were little, you know, 13 year old boys under their legs, kind of swimming around. <laughs> they didn't know I was under there. And so I was trying to get up. I could not get up. And so I started filling it with water. It happened really fast. It felt, then I started seeing in the middle of the water, it was horizontal, but it started opening up like bright light. And then I began to hear not in one ear, but just everywhere permeating. And I say here, cause I don't have the words. It was obviously spiritual and more than that, but it was like a chorus of angels, like, ah, la, you know, that kind of thing in my head. I went shit. Not again. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then I woke up and there was a lifeguard in front of me and I was having water taken out of my mouth and coughing up water. And mm. I don't know how long I was out. I really don't remember. And then my mom came over there. She was with my little sister and she came over there. She said, what do you do now? Very sympathetic. So I didn't have anyone to talk to about all this crazy stuff for a very long time. That had to have been very lonely for you. It was, but you know what? One of the things that Jesus told me over there, he said, part of my mission was to bring heaven to earth. And he was telling me all this. And I'm like, you know, seems like a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And he told me there would be others like me. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. So I can tell you that for many years, I didn't really meet people like me. But now, for example, I meet you two. You're like me. And you're doing like I'm doing. We're trying to spread the word, get people to wake up, letting them know it's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Ask questions. You're doing the best you can. So there's many people like me. And he was right. So let's talk about um, your mediumship. Do you do this full time? I do. I do this. I do this internationally. I mean, I read people everywhere from England, Spain, New Zealand, the U.S., really Mexico, all over the place. And I do the evidential mediumship. And then I also do life path where it comes through. And it depends how, if people are aware and open to that. Then and what's the difference? Come through. Well, I think it goes into the channeling, but I've got to feel safe too. So they have to be kind of pure to be around them for me to open up to the different levels. And they may have Christ come through. I've had different religions where Sai Baba has come through, Raman Aju. I didn't know who who, who he was, but he's very fascinating. He believed in one God. He was Indian and described himself. So, you know, there's other holy people there. You know, I mean, I like Jesus, you know, I want to dress my husband like him, but uh, (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> but I know there's other people, rabbis, rabbis have come through because yeah. that's who they identify with. And then I've had some very yeah. in-depth readings with people that are open to that, that their lineage comes through their purpose here, their guides, their angels, oh. and it's just evidential to them because they kind of already know some of yeah. it, you know? So it's not like a big shock because they've already been on their spiritual path. So I think yeah. it's more of a validation. Um, yeah to say, it's okay. Keep going. You're doing great. You know, we're with you. Uh, I'm just not making it up. These are my people. These are some of them yeah. around me. So, um, but yeah, um, I like the evidential do, part of it. That's awesome. You do them in person and on zoom. I do them in zoom. I do them all in zoom. I'm between, you know, my, um, podcast, the seeking heaven, the near death experience on YouTube. And then I started my Ascension School Academy of Divine Wisdom.com. And I am so busy. 
And so yeah. the Zoom also helps if for God forsaken, for some, for, <laughs> for some reason I get someone and I meet yeah. them, I don't know anything about them. And if they did have something or an attachment, mm-hmm. I just eliminate that. It's not, yeah, things can happen online, but not so much as in person. And it yeah. does give me a protective kind of field. And it doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't. But when it does, yeah. I'm very gracious and nice to them. I'll do a prayer. I'll give their money back, but I don't read them. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I've enjoyed you. I feel like you're our people. You can just I like am hang out people. with us. You are. <laughs> yes. No, yes. I think you're both so lovely. And I would love to have you both on my show. And then Mandy could talk about her NDE. You could talk about your spiritual your journey, show. about friendship about what you're trying to accomplish is really cool so gave me the name you're ready seeking heaven and it says the near-death experience of the phenomenon it's seeking heaven so i broke it down so okay seeking heaven he didn't tell me for about eight months seeking be the king he avene i said what is avene i looked it up as one that descends from above to below isn't that cool so we see the king as he descends from above to below and what does that mean? Coming? I love it. You know, I saw him downtown Charlotte, but I think he descends through us and he works through us, through our hearts. That is so beautiful. I love it so much. So yeah. the, descension, right. the descending from heaven does not mean he, he good job. I think it'd be great. I love it. I mean, that'd be a right. big solution handled, but, <laughs> uh, but I think he descends from heaven into our hearts because we're connected and we're not separated. As long as we stick to a love consciousness, we don't need to walk in fear because it's not what we're created from is fear. That's the dualistic part of this world that we live in, that we all struggle with. That's so great. Tell everybody where they can find you, give them your information so they can listen to you and find your website. Thank you so much. That would be on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe and you'll get, I get do two shows a week and that's seeking heaven, the near death experience. And other phenomena, which you'll both be on and I'll promote it. And I own an ad agency 27 years. So my stuff looks pretty good. I mean, it should anyway. And then I have my new school, which is Academy of Divine Wisdom.com. And I'm actually teaching a course November 14th on how to channel Christ, because I feel like if you do other work, you need to stay connect with him first. So he'll be your protector and he'll be your guide and your friend before doing all others so and it plus it's going to be so beautiful because we're going to actually have him there and he's, he's going to it's going to be like a love fest everybody's going to get really high on jesus that's november 14th and it's normally 444 dollars for a four-week course but if they use the code love 33 they get a hundred dollars off and then i have my southernbellmedium.com which is if people want readings Love it. And guess what? My next episode on my Sophia side podcast is on Jesus. Coincidentally. Would send me that. I want to, I want to see all your links. You know, I think that what you're doing is great. I think we're definitely (laughs) earth angels. I've really, really enjoyed this today. It's definitely one of my top. So thank you. you. I'm very humbled. I think you're both doing a beautiful job. Yeah. And I see how, how beautiful you are and how hard you try and how genuine you are. And I like the fact you don't hold back even when you cuss a little bit because it makes you a real person. (laughs) And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Okay, break that shit down. I would say break your box, break out of your box. Um, Jesus has shown me the little Russian dolls and he goes, everybody's way down in there, teeny one. Okay, so start taking the lid off.
stop defining yourself by the region you live, by the, you're female, male, uh, you do this, you do that, you have so many kids, you're an eternal spiritual being. Start questioning yourself, start having the courage to go on the most powerful adventure you can, and that's the adventure of you. And live life vigorously with a lot of laughs. Don't hold back your passion. Don't hold back your love for people. And don't be afraid. Unless it's something really crazy, you should be afraid and then handle it, move on. But that's not who we are. We are love. So as Jesus told me, be the love you were created to be. Awesome. 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 We're team Jesus. We're team Jesus. <laughs> it was so nice talking to you. You too. I think you were terrific. Most brave, courageous women. And you just keep up doing the great work. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.